Decision Podcasts by the New York Prosecutors Training Institute are made possible by VoicePods. Convert your text to voice at voicepods.com. Read this decision at NIPT Law. www.nypti.org law. People v. Jeffrey Bush, decided March 22, 2022. Defi Ray, Chief Judge, defendant challenges the voluntariness of his guilty plea, asserting that the court in its plea colloquy failed to advise him that the 20 days of community service to be imposed would be a condition of a sentence of a one-year conditional discharge. At the outset of the sentencing proceeding, the defense counsel and prosecutor affirmatively acknowledged to the court that the bargain for sentence to be imposed was a conditional discharge. Prior to imposition of that sentence, defendant who had the practical ability to do so, failed to protest or otherwise seek to withdraw his guilty plea. As a result, defendants claimed that the court's imposition of an alleged new sentence rendered his guilty plea involuntary is unpreserved for our review. After initially being charged by felony complaint in May 2017, Defendant was indicted in July 2017, for two counts of criminal possession of a controlled substance in the third degree, a Class B felony offense, and six other related offenses. On September 18, 2017, in open court, the people offered a reduced plea to the Class A misdemeanor of criminal possession of a controlled substance in the seventh degree, the eighth count of the indictment, with a promised sentence of probation. An off-the-record discussion with the court and counsel ensued, whereupon the people changed their sentence offer to 20 days of community service instead of probation. Defense counsel sought a recall of the case to confer with defendant. On the recall, the court informed defendant that defense counsel had conveyed to the people defendant's interest in community service and characterized the people's plea offer as reasonable. Defense counsel accepted the plea offer and stated that the plea is conditioned on him doing 20 days of community service, and if he does not do the community service, he can face up to one year in jail. A mandatory surcharge and a six-month driver's license suspension were undisputedly part of the promised sentence at the time of the plea. Defendant was placed under oath and the court conducted a thorough plea allocution, eliciting defendant's waiver of his constitutional rights and his admission of his factual guilt to the reduced crime. Defendant confirmed that he had sufficient time to speak with his attorney and was satisfied with his representation. When defendant expressed concern about the timing of the community service, the court responded, I will give you more than enough reasonable time to do it. The court also advised defendant that, as a condition of the plea, he could not be rearrested and must return on the adjournment date. Defense counsel stated that defendant wanted to speak with his employer about scheduling the community service. In response, the court told defendant that it would not specify a schedule for the performance of the community service. The court again elicited from defendant that he had adequate time to speak with his counsel and was satisfied with counsel's representation. In pleading guilty to the misdemeanor count, defendant was advised by the court that the sentence promised would be 20 days of community service. The court further stated you understand you can't get rearrested. You must return on the adjournment date. And you must complete the community service or else there will be a one-year jail alternative. Defendant indicated that he understood and the matter was adjourned for sentencing to November 28, 2017. At the outset of the sentencing proceeding, Defense counsel advised the court that defendant had completed his 20 days of community service. After noting that community service was completed, 
The court asked the parties, and the promise is a CD? Defense counsel and the prosecutor each replied yes. The court confirmed that, during the relevant time period between plea and sentence, there had been no new arrests and then elicited from defense counsel that there was no legal reason why sentence should not be imposed. Defense counsel and defendant each declared they were ready for sentence and defendant declined to say anything further. The court told defendant, I'm glad you did the community service, and I'm glad the case is over. The court then imposed sentence, the sentence of the court is a conditional discharge, $250 in court costs and a six-month license suspension. That same day, defendant signed the court's conditional discharge form, which states that defendant was sentenced to a one-year period of conditional discharge commencing this day. The $250 surcharge was noted on the form which also set forth the statutory conditions that defendant may be required to meet in the discretion of the court to ensure that he will lead a law-abiding life during the period of conditional discharge, see Penal Law Section 65.102. By statute the term of a conditional discharge in the case of a misdemeanor is one year, Penal Law Section 65.053, b, and the one year was completed without incident. On direct appeal, defendant argued that his guilty plea was involuntary as the court did not mention the one-year conditional discharge sentence at the time of the plea and, as a remedy, sought dismissal of the indictment. The appellate division affirmed, holding that defendant's claim was unpreserved. A judge of this court granted defendant leave to appeal and we now affirm. Defendant claims that the court's plea colloquy was deficient in establishing for the record the specific terms of the sentence promise, thereby infecting the voluntariness of the guilty plea. It is axiomatic that the trial court has the constitutional duty to ensure that a defendant, before pleading guilty, has a full understanding of what the plea connotes and its consequences, people v. Ford. Further, any sentence promise made at the time of plea is as a matter of law and strong public policy conditioned upon its being lawful, see People v. Selikov. When a defect in a plea allocution is clear on the face of the record and implicates due process, the defendant nonetheless must preserve his or her claim that the defect made the plea involuntary unless the defendant has no practical ability to do so, People v. Williams, see also People v. Conseil. On this record, there can be no dispute that defendant neither objected to the sentence promise as described during either the plea or the sentencing proceeding nor otherwise protested the voluntary nature of his guilty plea. To be sure, defendant did not move to withdraw his guilty plea prior to the imposition of sentence as required by CPL 220.603. Instead, Defendant belatedly asserts on direct appeal that his plea was involuntary because the court failed to advise him at the plea proceeding of the sentence to be imposed. But, he does not seek the vacatur of his guilty plea and the reinstatement of the indictment, the very relief provided upon a timely CPL 220.603 motion. Rather, he seeks dismissal of the indictment. To advance this claim on appeal, Defendant invokes the narrow exception to the preservation requirement involving the plea allocution, claiming the particular circumstances of the case revealed that he had no actual or practical ability to object to an alleged error in the taking of the plea that was clear from the face of the record. Conseil, see also People v. Lowry. The record demonstrates that, prior to the imposition of sentence, 
defendant had the actual and practical ability to object and preserve the claim he now makes that his guilty plea was involuntary because of a deficient plea allocution as to the sentence promise, a direct consequence of the plea. The record before us is plain. At the outset of the sentencing proceeding, the court confirmed that the agreed-upon sentence was a conditional discharge, asking both defense counsel and the people if the promise was a CD. Both indicated that was correct. The court went on to inquire whether there was any legal reason why sentence should not be imposed and whether defendant was ready for sentence, with defense counsel responding no to the first question and defendant responding yes to the second. The court provided defendant an opportunity to speak, asking if he wished to say anything, and defendant answered no. If the sentence the court stated it intended to impose differed from what defendant understood the sentence promised to be at the time of the plea, or if defendant did not understand what a CD was, as our dissenting colleagues speculate, there was an adequate opportunity prior to the imposition of sentence to say so. Defendant could have objected or moved to withdraw his plea pursuant to CPL 220.603, as required in order to preserve a claim that his plea was involuntary, see People v. Murray, People v. Crowder, Williams. Had he done so, the court would undoubtedly have explored the terms of the party's plea agreement. If the sentence of a conditional discharge had not been discussed with defendant, as defendant now contends, the remedy would have been to allow the withdrawal of the plea, and the restoration of the indictment pursuant to CPL 220.603, and not the dismissal of the indictment, which the dissent would grant. In failing to object at the proper time, defendant is not entitled to a greater remedy on appeal. Stated otherwise, because defendant could have sought relief from the sentencing court in advance of the sentence's imposition, the rationale for dispensing with the preservation requirement is not presently applicable, Murray. In arguing that preservation of the issue was not required in the court of first instance, both defendant and the dissent disregard defense counsel's affirmative acknowledgement in response to the court's inquiry at the outset of the sentencing proceeding wherein both defense counsel and the prosecutor, in defendant's presence, affirmatively confirmed that a CD was the promised sentence. Defendant further ignores the fact that he affirmed during the plea allocution that he had sufficient time to speak with counsel concerning the terms of the plea agreement. See Con Sao. It appears that defense counsel did not move to withdraw the guilty plea or ask for further clarification because his understanding of the promised sentence was consistent with the conditional discharge sentence intended to be imposed. Defendant's theory on appeal that the promised sentence, as clearly recorded by the parties and the court at the sentence proceeding, conflicted with his understanding of the consequences of his plea depends on the notion that defense counsel failed to advise his client of the sentence offer, see Missouri v. Fry, and then made a false representation at the outset of the sentencing proceeding. Since this theory is not supported by the record, if a credible claim to that effect exists based on facts to or the record, defendant's remedy lies in a post-conviction CPL Article 440 motion wherein defendant can make the requisite sworn factual allegations to support a claim of a constitutional deprivation of the assistance of counsel. Indeed, this case demonstrates why we have a preservation rule. Defendant's lack of protest in the court of first instance has encouraged speculation as to the understanding of the parties at the time of the plea in contradiction of the extant record. For instance, the dissent asserts that the original sentence promise, Notwithstanding the court's clear warning of a potential sentence of one-year incarceration, 
may have been a standalone condition of a non-carceral sentence of 20 days of community service, dissenting op at 1a sentence not authorized by the penal law and therefore unlawful. The legislature, not the court, defines the permissible sentences that must be imposed on a conviction, see People v. Rodney E., Penal Law Section 60.001. The mechanism devised by the legislature for imposing a revocable sentence i.e., probation or a conditional discharge, through which community service with defendant's consent may be imposed as a condition and for which the defendant is subject to incarceration if the condition is not satisfied, is set forth in Penal Law Sections 60.012, 65.05 and 65.102, h. The plea allocution is unequivocal that defendant consented to the condition of community service and faced the maximum penalty of a one-year jail sentence if he failed to complete the condition. Although the court's description of the promised sentence was imprecise, the plea minutes alone demonstrate that the parties agreed to a revocable sentence as authorized by Penal Law Section 65.05, with conditions, and the imposition of an alternative sentence of one-year incarceration if the conditions were violated. The parties express rejection of the revocable sentence of probation lends further record support to the conclusion that they agreed to the conditional discharge sentence, a fact that was later confirmed by the parties at sentencing. Defendant on appeal acknowledges, as he must, that the condition of community service cannot be imposed independently of issuing a conditional discharge, reply brief for appellant at 10, and the record does not support any conclusion to the contrary. In response to the dissent's claim of concessions made by the parties on appeal, our precedent is clear we are not prevented from performing our judicial function by purported confessions of error of either the defendant or the district attorney by way of an interjection of alleged facts to or the record, see Selikov, People v. Berrios. Finally, to the extent our dissenting colleagues rely on statements made by counsel at oral argument offering a novel view of the case without regard to the factual record, the issue before us is whether defendant had an opportunity to preserve the argument he now asserts. He did. And, therefore, his failure to timely move to withdraw his plea renders his claim unpreserved, precluding our further review. In the end, the record as a whole demonstrates that the plea bargain agreement included a revocable sentence with conditions, including community service, and, when the court, whose role is to oversee and supervise the plea bargain process, confirmed that understanding with the parties at the outset of the sentencing proceeding, their affirmation that a conditional discharge was the agreed-upon disposition was a joint representation that no other undisclosed term of agreement, different from the court's express understanding, existed between them. Since defendant had the actual and practical ability to raise his current argument at the outset of the sentencing proceeding and prior to the imposition of sentence, his failure to do so precludes our review. Accordingly, the order of the appellate division should be affirmed. Order affirmed. Opinion by Chief Judge Difiore. Judges Garcia, Singas and Canataro concur. Judge Rivera dissents in an opinion, in which Judges Wilson and Troutman concur. Decided March 22, 2022. Decision podcasts by the New York Prosecutors Training Institute are made possible by Voice Pods. Convert your text to voice at voicepods.com. Read this decision at NIPT Law. www.nypti.org slash law.